Hello from Smoky, Ottawa. This is Jays from Home, a podcast about the Toronto Blue Jays, normally hosted by two brothers. Uh, that would be myself, Steve, and my brother Matt. But Matt was out camping this weekend. Uh, he's probably back home now by the time I'm recording this on Sunday evening. But uh, uh, he uh, he wasn't able to, to join me. Um, he I hope that he was able to get some some rest and relaxation away while camping. Um, at the very least, hope he was able to get away from the uh, the nasty nasty fans on Twitter uh, that are a member of the the Jays fandom. Uh, and speaking of which, we are on Twitter at Jays from Home, um, also on Mastodon at Jays from Home, and then uh, you can also subscribe to Matt's Substack, Matt Gower's Brain on Baseball dot Substack dot com. I wonder if maybe he's going to write something uh, about his recent camping trip. I, I don't really know. But um, uh, just a reminder that uh, still being the end of June now, it's uh, still Pride Month um, and also uh, Indigenous People's History Month. Uh, just this past Wednesday was National Indigenous People's Day in Canada. And also the summer solstice was able to take part uh, or at least attend the summer solstice powwow uh, in Ottawa. That was uh, that was a fun time. Unfortunately, because of the smoke today, like it's really heavy. You walk outside and it smells like smoke. Um, they had to cancel a lot of demonstrations, but because it was it's a competition powwow, they still had lots of dancers and and whatnot. But uh, they had to they had to push back a lot of things because of the dangerous air quality. Uh, but uh, hopefully that will that will go away soon. I mean that if it does, that means that uh, the the wildfires are not as out of control. But uh, that's that's where the smoke is coming from right now. Um, but uh, we are here to talk about the Toronto Blue Jays and not the smoke. Um, on Monday, it started off really rough for the Blue Jays. They lost eleven to nothing. Um, it was not a good game. I didn't see this one until we got to. The, uh, the bar after softball and and when we got there it was already I think five or six nothing um, th- after this game some random Twitter fans of course um, start th- they put a rumor out there that Schneider was going to be fired and uh, replaced by um, by Don Mattingly on Tuesday or something like that obviously that never happened uh, but um, just I guess you know when this kind of game happens, you get the stupid rumors like that. Um, but uh, from from the weekend, uh, the Blue Jays sent Alejandro Kirk to the injured list with a left hand laceration. Um, uh, this was I, I recall this was um, actually from last week when he was hit in the hand uh, against uh, Texas. Uh, he was sent to the injured list from that game. Tyler Heineman was recalled, um, and uh, Trent Thornton was called up. Um, but uh, that was that was not a, a great game at all, and I think that was also one of Nate Pearson's worst outings. He only uh, got one out, um, and uh, I think even in that game, Ernie Clement 
pitched an inning. So uh, position player getting that one in. So not so great. Tuesday was much better, though. It was a great comeback win. Another solid Kikuchi start. It was a 2 nothing win. Kikuchi went six innings, allowed two hits, no runs, struck out six. Um, Jimmy Garcia and Eric Swanson also pitched in that game, uh, as well as Meza and Romano. Um, Wednesday was an afternoon game. Um, it was a six to three win for the Blue Jays. Bichette was not in that game. He was out with a sore left thumb. Uh, but Brandon Belt was reinstated from the from the injured list, and uh, Spencer Horowitz was sent to Buffalo uh, in a corresponding move. And uh, so that was really great. They, um, most of the runs though came in one inning where they had uh, five runs in the second. I was uh, unfortunately uh, in a meeting and I wasn't able to actually hear those five runs, uh, but, uh, but that's good. Um, not so good that they were concentrated in one inning, but uh, definitely good that they were able to get some runs after that nasty 11 nothing loss. Um, Friday, they uh, returned home to Toronto with a 5 nothing loss, or sorry, 5-4 loss to the A's, although sometimes I think some fans might view that as 5 nothing, basically the same thing. But the great thing in this game was that Vlad hit his first home run at the Rogers Center. And I think also that was his first home run in 16 games. That's uh, that was pretty crazy. Um, but the other thing that happened in that game, that was a Chris Bassett start. And Bassett was hit up for, uh, I think, four, three or four runs in the first inning. And after that first inning, he decided to let Jansen call the game for the rest of the uh call the pitches for the rest of the game and afterwards uh he he decided that he's just going to let his catcher call the game going forward and one of the things that uh that he said was um there's a quote from him he said i'm obviously struggling a little bit right now and less is more i'm not sure if i'm tipping the way i'm sequencing pitches i'm not sure really what's going on right now it's just a matter of less is more I think it went really well. I think at times I'm thinking too much on the mound rather than competing. It's a funky dynamic. Um, so, yeah, that's that's pretty interesting. It's good that he's recognizing um, that sometimes it's it's not to his benefit to be calling the game like that every time. So uh, we'll see how long that sticks, whether he will go back to calling the, his own pitches or if that's actually going to be that way for the rest of the season. Um, but, uh, he did, he did fare a lot better after he stopped calling the game in that, uh, in that game on Friday. Saturday was, uh, a, a good response to Friday's loss. The Blue Jays won seven to three with Vlad hitting his second home run in as many days at the Rogers Center. Uh, Danny Jansen also homered in that game. Um, later, late in the game, Jimmy Garcia actually had to leave the game, and uh, it turns out he's dealing with some right knee discomfort that's been nagging at him. Um, that's according to John Schneider. He felt it while backing up home plate on a play. Uh, he's going to get l- looked at further, and uh, there'd likely be an update uh, today, Sunday. I haven't seen an update yet, but... Hopefully uh, it's nothing serious. And today's game, Sunday, was a 12-1 victory. And uh, what came out of that one was that's the first time 
Uh, I think in the broadcast they said that's the first time the Blue Jays have scored seven or more runs since that huge win against uh, Tampa Bay when they won 20-2 to two or whatever the score was. Uh, but other great things from this one, Springer hit his 55th leadoff home run, which tied him for second place all-time for leadoff hitters. Um, we had another another strong outing for Kikuchi, so that's two for two for this week. Yeah, he pitched seven innings, allowed two hits, one earned run, two walks, eight strikeouts, and 101 pitches. Um, that, it turns out, is uh, our uh, Blue Jay career highs for Kikuchi, so um, that's, that's really good. He's been doing very well this year. I'm very happy for him. But also not to be forgotten, Kevin Biggio went two for four, which included a three-run home run and a walk. Um, that was uh, that was really good performance by Kevin Biggio. And it's funny that uh, when I heard that Springer was going to be DH, I assumed the outfield was going to be Kiermaier, Varsho, and Merrifield, and I I completely forgot that Kevin Biggio was uh, was an option there. So it was actually. Um, uh, Merrifield in left, Kiermaier center, and and uh, Biggio in right field. So Varsho got the day off. Um, but, uh, but yeah, great, great game overall. 12-1 um, to win. That's something that the Blue Jays needed, I think. Um, so my uh, I'll, I'll go to the weekly outcomes because uh, I've got a, got a few things here. So my strikeout, if you couldn't tell, would be the uh, the f- Twitter John Schneider rumors that came up. I, I think they were just really, really stupid, and and it's I, I there's no reason to put any stock into them, and really no reason to let that kind of thing bug me. But unfortunately, it's it's it's, it's something that's not going to go away, but. It's also something that's not going to stop bugging me just because it's so stupid uh, that people... No, the stupid part isn't that people are starting the rumors. It's The stupid thing is that people are seeing these things on Twitter and assuming that there's any kind of stock to them. Uh, so it's, it's annoying that they're gaining traction just because of the way the algorithm works. My um, no decision um, is having to choose between Kikuchi and Vlad for my home run this week because... Both players had extremely good weeks. Kikuchi, I mentioned, he had his two strong outings. And Vlad had his uh, his two home runs at the Rogers Center, including his first at the Rogers Center this year. So um, I, I ended up going with Vlad for my home run because of uh, I, I think that um, Kikuchi has been having a great season overall. I think his record is now seven and two with that win. Um, but Vlad has been struggling at the plate at times. And, um, I think that the home run at Roger center is a more important thing for Vlad than a good outing for Kikuchi. And, you know, at this point, I'm just going to say Kikuchi having, uh, a, a good outing is just old hat now. It's I'm just assuming that Kikuchi's pitching, we're going to win. Um, that may not be the case every time, but uh, but you never know. That seems to be the case right now. Um, okay, well, some, some notes for the Blue Jays. And actually, that reminds me, um, as we were talking about Vlad just now, I read something on the Blue Jays subreddit. Uh, a user posted something called, Give Vlad Some Slack. 
And this, he, he basically was uh, taking something that uh, Joe Siddall, he, I, I think it was either, he said Joe Siddall or somebody. So it could have also been um, whoever was filling in for Joe Siddall lately. But um, it, it brought up the idea of players going through four phases in a season. Um, so there's the hot streak. And, and I'm quoting here from the post, so uh, I'll, I'll make sure to link to this in the show notes so that uh, I'm not taking credit for any of this. So the first phase is the hot streak. The baseball looks to be the size of a grapefruit, and hitting appears to be the easiest thing in the world. Then we go to chasing the hot streak. The player has become more aggressive during the hot streak and starts chasing borderline pitches to keep it going. This is about when pitchers start to adjust. Cold as ice. Bad habits have developed. The player hits bottom. And then the last phase is rebuilding. The player goes back to first principles, tries not to do too much, stays within himself, etc., etc. And I think that's a lot of the stuff actually we've been hearing about Vlad is uh, he seems to be in this rebuilding period. Um, but what uh, what was pointed out is that uh, Vlad's 2023 stats seem to be following this phase um, in in April, just I'm just going by his uh, batting average and on-base percentage, um, uh, just to keep things simple, but also strikeouts, um, walks and strikeouts. So in April, he had a 309 average, 394 on-base percentage, 13 walks and 14 strikeouts, and 100, 127 plate appearances. In May, he fell down to 260 batting average 296 on base percentage five walks and 25 strikeouts in 108 plate appearances so you can kind of see that april would be his hot streak may is the chasing the hot streak you can see his strikeouts have risen his batting average has fallen a little bit um and then in june uh this was posted uh three days ago so june is not uh accurate stats here but uh his average in june to that day was 243, 333 on base percentage, nine walks, 10 strikeouts, and 84 plate appearances. So um, he's definitely cooled off in June. Um, I wouldn't call it cold as ice, but uh, I, I think in his batting uh, appearances, we I, I would agree that he's developed bad habits. Like you can see him with some really bad swings. Um, but I think he is in the rebuilding phase now um, because... I mean, we've heard lots of news stories of him, you know, trying to just refocus, get back to what he's doing. And right now we're seeing, I think, the start of another hot streak. So hopefully it's like not really quite as hot, hot streak. Maybe he like brings a little bit of momentum going into the all-star break and then keeps picking it up after the all-star break because uh, we want, we don't want him to go hot and then take like a week off uh, and uh, and I'd lose that momentum. So that was a that was a cool thing to read about Vlad, and I thought it might be a little bit coincidental, but uh, you never know. Um, another thing that was uh, that was posted, and this was labeled as Romano stats for the haters, um, and it's it was referring to you know the 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 fans who say that uh, um, things like it's an adventure every time Romano pitches. Um, or, uh, you know, he's, he's not dominating enough to be a closer or he's terrible. Um, so some of the things that, uh, that were pointed out, Romano is tied for first in the MLB, in MLB saves with 22. And once again, these stats are a few days old. 
um, has a better save percentage uh, conversion than Emmanuel Class A, who's a co-leader. Um, give, given up less hits than his co-leader, less runs, more strikeouts, lower opponent batting average, more... Uh, anyway, it, it goes on. It, basically, it's just showing that... Um, you know, Romano actually has some good stats, but also uh, the other uh, closing pitchers in this uh, this class, you could say. Emmanuel Class A has blown five saves. Felix Bautista has blown four saves. Camilo Doval has blown two. And Romano has only blown three, although I think that's four now because the same day that I read this, uh, Romano, of course, gave up a home run in uh, in the top of the ninth. I think that was the the A's uh, loss on Friday, so uh, that was unfortunate timing. But um, the the point is is that Romano is better than um, than the bad outings is the important thing to remember. Um, some other notes. Uh, some injury-related stuff. Uh, Addison Barger was activated from the injured list on Tuesday, so he'll be playing in the minor leagues very soon, I guess. Um, Adam Simber was moved to the 15-day injured list with a right shoulder impingement, and Bowden Francis was recalled, and I think he actually pitched in today's game. Um, to f- uh, that, so that was good to see him get some time. Uh, he... Yeah, he pitched in the top of the ninth, and I think he walked his first batter, but settled down pretty quickly. He uh, he got pretty aggressive against the hitters, and he did. He, I think he did really well. His pitches looked really good. Um, and uh, just one final note: um, Alex Cora seems to be saying a lot of stuff about the Blue Jays, uh, but apparently this is his latest uh, statement. Uh, Cora says uh, that he well. He tried to guess earlier this year which team was the runner-up in the Yoshida sweepstakes. Um, and apparently, he Yoshida told him that at one point he thought he was going to end up with the Blue Jays. So it would have been interesting, I guess, to see if, if that turned out to be the case. But uh, I think despite a few bumps in the road, I think it's turned out pretty well for the Blue Jays so far. Uh, but uh, definitely would have been made things a little more interesting if the Blue Jays had gotten one of those uh, big, high-touted uh, names in, in free agency. But, of course, yet another uh, runner-up option for the Blue Jays. I think that happened last year, too, with Verlander, maybe? It was, like, same money or something? And um, so the All Star ballots, uh, the, the uh, phase one is is done. Final re- voting resumes tomorrow between June 26th and June 29th. Um, so the All Star starter finalists for the American League are at first base Vlad Guerrero Jr. and Yandy Diaz. Second base Marcus Semyon, Whit Merrifield. Third base Josh Young or Josh Jung and Matt Chapman. Shortstop, Bo Bichette, Corey Seager, uh, catcher, Adley Rutschman, Jonah Heim, outfield. We have Aaron Judge, Mike Trout, Randy Rosarina, Jordan Alvarez, Kevin Kiermeyer, and Adolis Garcia. So we have Kiermeyer, Bichette, Chapman, Merrifield, and Guerrero, all finalists. So that's five Blue Jays, which is really cool. Um, I don't see any pitchers on this list that Matt sent me, but... Uh, 
I of those names, I'm gonna guess that Kiermaier gets voted in, and probably Bo Bichette. I think Kiermaier and Bichette are the ones that are gonna be uh, voted in as starters because uh, they've been really solid for the team. But I think I think probably um, Chapman was named a finalist based on his first month. I don't think he's done enough to to really get. Uh, get much further than the finalist list. Uh, but I would say that probably Vlad and Merrifield make the all-star team, but not as starters. I don't know if it works that way, but uh, that's that's my guess. So I, I say Bo Bichette and Kevin Kiermeyer are your Blue Jays all-star starters. That's where I'm going with. And we have an Alec Manoa comeback update. And unfortunately, I don't have a copy of uh, Eye of the Tiger, Matt, so uh, you'll just have to play this in your own head. Um, so according to Ben Nicholson-Smith, Alec Manoa's latest simulated game went well, per John Schneider. He went five, uh, pitched five innings, which was 74 pitches. His velocity was up to 94 miles per hour. Um, he says he's trending in the ne- in the right direction. Next, he'll have a bullpen session uh, that was for this weekend, so hopefully get an update on that soon. He will start at least once in the minors, starting in Florida. There's no date yet for MLB return, uh, but probably not next Saturday. I don't really know what the details are probably not next Saturday, but to me that seems like a, uh, yeah, no kidding, uh, considering that uh, he still hasn't had his start in the minors, but we'll see how it goes. And finally, looking ahead for the Blue Jays, they are off tomorrow on Monday, but they uh, uh, have a series against San Francisco Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and then Boston comes to town for the Canada Day long weekend, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Um, So uh, San Francisco and Boston. Um, I'm not really sure what uh, San Francisco is doing, but uh, Boston will definitely be a tough series. And... uh, I'm not sure when the last time uh, the uh, the Red Sox came for a series in Canada Day uh, for Canada Day, but uh, it seems like they it's a different team every year. I feel like, but that's good. And we will check in with our B team. So Matt's team, the Cleveland Guardians, they are 37 and 40, six and four in their last ten, good for second in the AL Central. And uh, the Seattle Mariners, uh, on the other hand, which is my B team, they are 37 and 39, four and six in their last ten, and still only fourth in the AL West. So I would say maybe the Cleveland Guardians are marginally better than Seattle right now, but not by much. I guess by uh, um, just because of the the division. But Seattle, on the other hand, in the standings, would be half a game ahead of. Of Cleveland, um, fun stuff for uh, for Seattle. They had a great game against the Yankees last week, ten to two win. Um, the rookie pitcher Brian Wu no hit the Yankees for five and a half, sorry five and a third innings, uh, and his parents were in the stands. He he had ninety three pitches and only allowed three walks and struck out five. So that was really great. And as I read the records of those B teams, I forgot the Blue Jays' record right now is 43 and 36. And for the wild card race, they are now 
one game ahead of the Houston Astros for the third wildcard spot. So if the playoffs were to start today, the Blue Jays would be in the playoffs. And lastly, a couple of bits of uh, MLB news. The Pittsburgh Pirates released their City Connect jerseys, and I had a quick look at them. There's a lot of yellow, which is not entirely surprising. But uh, I'm... I think that they're okay, but they're, they're, to me, they're not really all that much different looking than their other yellow alternate jerseys, but there is at least uh, some different patterns to the jersey and cap, which is kind of cool. So in the pattern, there's um, a kind of like a diamond uh, for the Steelers logo. There's a square, which is the check taken from the city of Pittsburgh's official seal, and there's an inverted Y, which is the confluence of three rivers in downtown Pittsburgh. Surprisingly, nothing about the Pittsburgh Penguins. That's a that's a little weird, but maybe that's because the Penguins are owned by Fenway Sports. Uh, not sure. Um, but there's also in the numbers and the letters, there's a pattern there, which is the bridge circular grates seen on the pillars of the Clemente Bridge. So that's that's actually really cool. I like that aspect of it. But the part that I don't like is that the jerseys are on the front. It just says PGH, which short for Pitt, Pittsburgh. But um, the player uh, on the on the image is holding a bat right in front of the P. So all I see is like, ugh, like UGH. So I don't know. I, I think that uh, there could be some improvements. But uh, overall... I guess I would say I like this jersey. This is better than some of the other ones that have come out for sure. And lastly, I will check in with the Ottawa Titans. Uh, I'm skipping the personal outcomes this week. Uh, I, I feel like I, I don't really feel like talking about myself uh, all that much this week when I'm when I'm by myself. Uh, so the Titans, their record is now 17 and 22. They are 4-6 and six in their last 10, which is 6th in the Eastern Division of the Frontier League. But um, there was some excitement for the Titans in two games this week, including Thursday when the Titans hit another walk-off Grand Slam in the 10th inning versus the Windy City Thunderbolts. And I'll let David DeCipio take, o- take the call for this one. Back corners guard the lines. 2-1. And it's driven deep left field. It is gone. It's gone. It's another walk-off grand slam for Ottawa. A.J. Wright touches the ball. And the Titans come all the way back. And they win it. Five to three over Windy City. All right, that was a great call, great hit by AJ Wright, and great to see that in uh, it happen in Ottawa. Uh, so great tenth inning win there, and then Saturday um, on the road in Tri City against the Valley Cats, the Titans had their first ever victory in the sudden death format. So if you're not familiar with that, after ten innings, if the game is still tied, um, I believe the home team decides. Uh, if they want to take uh, t- go bat to to try and score a run, or take the field to defend against a run and get three outs, and so uh, the team that scores a run wins the game, or the team that that uh, records three outs 
wins the game. So uh, that's how it's determined. And um, and the Titans, in their fifth try, got their first win against the Tri-City Valley Cats. So uh, they won 7-6. to six, And their sudden death format record is now 1-4. and four. Unfortunately, they lost Sunday 6-2. to two, And uh, that sealed the series for Tri-City Valley Cats. Uh, so next week, though, they've got the Sussex County Miners at home. And for Canada Day weekend, they have the Quebec Capital, and they have some uh, some Canada Day fireworks jerseys that we talked about last week. Um, I'm, I think I, I'm going to hope to get to at least one of those games. Maybe maybe the 30th, maybe July 1st. The competing factor there, though, is that the uh, Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny is uh, coming out that weekend as well. Um, and one other note for the Titans. Um, uh, they released a, a news article about Jamie Smart prioritizing mental health. And I, I'm not going to go through the whole thing, but I will definitely uh, share a link in the show notes. But uh, this is a really good read um, that Jamie Smart, who is uh, a new player to the Titans this year, he's talked about how he took a year off baseball last year um, just because he was having trouble um he had what he called a quarter-life crisis uh, when he decided that baseball wasn't wasn't right for him at that moment, and uh, he was he was about to play the 2022 season. But weeks before the season began, he decided that uh, he he phoned his would-be manager and informed him that he wouldn't be at spring training and would not be playing in 2022. Uh, and that would that was the Washington Wild things that he was going to play with. And he's just he said he wasn't in a good headspace and he took the year off. Um, and I think at that point, uh, he was, he was just about 26, so still very young. Um, but, um, he ended up returning home, um, and, and just, he got comfortable with the life without baseball and just thought about a few more things and, and decided eventually to, uh, to join the Ottawa Titans for the 2023 season because he, he found some, uh, there's some people on the Titans that he had befriended earlier and, and he's, he's, uh, having a good season or yeah, good season mentally. Um, uh, so I highly recommend reading that article, Jamie Smart prioritizing his mental health. Um, that's, that's great to see from, especially the, the independent ball level, because, um, a lot of players, I think probably don't get a lot of, um, a lot of attention at this level and they're probably, uh, at the later stages of their career or being dropped by other teams. So it can probably be kind of like really, really humbling to, uh, to be at this level. So it, it's good that players are open about their mental health and their struggles and, and think about these things. Like it's sometimes it's, it's, uh, baseball is not important. That's uh story, Matt. That's, that's true. Sometimes it's not about baseball. Well, that is it for me. I don't have anything else. I've run out of topics, uh, uh, though I do feel like I had a lot more Blue Jays notes than I normally would if I were by myself. Um, Hopefully the smoke clears away. Um, Matt, I hope you had a good time camping, and uh, we will talk next week after Canada Day. Bye-bye. Too fine a bond.